What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through some of my top trade targets heading into week five of the NFL season. So you guys probably know the drill by now, going after players who have underperformed either this week or maybe you know the last few weeks. And I just think we can get these players at a discount. Their prices may never be lower. And I still think we're like in that early part of the season. Within the next few weeks, I feel like the trades are really gonna dry up in leagues because people are gonna be you know pretty locked in on what they think about players. But I still think four weeks in, one bad week can really skew you know, your league mates' minds, and they still may panic and trade some players away. So we'll be talking about five players in this video. If you guys have any other fantasy questions, you can drop those down below, and I'll be responding to every single person. And then before we do jump into the first buy low player, I do want to talk to you guys about underdog. So underdog fantasy football, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of it. You know, you can do best ball on there. You can do player pickums. You can do weekly fantasy. A ton of fun stuff going on over at that platform. If you guys sign up for Underdog using code Quinn, they will double your first deposit up to $100. So you could put in 20, you would have 40 in your account. Personally, my favorite part about Underdog is doing their best ball leagues. You guys may be thinking, you know, well, you can't do it anymore. The season has started. They have a cool best ball resurrection. So basically it goes from week six till the end of the season. So maybe you guys aren't feeling great about your current fantasy teams. Fire up a few of those drafts, get a new roster. The ADP is completely different. Like the you know top 12 is a massive shift from what it was heading into the season. So a lot of fun stuff there. There's gonna be a link down below in the description. You guys click that, it'll send you to the sign up Code Quinn if you're doing it uh, through a different way. Thank you guys if you do do that in advance, but let's jump into the first buy low player and it is going to be Michael Pittman. So this was his third game and he only had 6.1 fantasy points. So definitely underperformed here, six targets, three receptions for 31 yards. Now we just got to look at Michael Pittman's first two games. He had 22 total targets, 17 receptions, 193 receiving yards. I still think he's the clear cut number one pass catcher on this team. I think you can kind of feed into the idea that this Colts offense is struggling. If someone thinks an entire offense is struggling, they're probably not going to feel super great about having one wide receiver. I think this is a perfect spot to buy low on Michael Pittman. It's rare when you can buy players who could be top 12 at their position. Michael Pittman is someone who I still think is locked in as a top 15 wide receiver. I really like him moving forward. There's this weird thing going on with this Colts offensive line. On paper, they should be a much better unit. I feel like they have this you know, reputation of being one of the best units in the NFL. They've drastically underperformed to start off the season. I mean, we've seen it through Jonathan Taylor. They have been struggling. I just don't think this Colts offense can get much worse. And if Michael Pittman is on the field, he's typically going to be force fed the ball. Even if you know you include this bad game through three weeks, he's been targeted 28 times. That's still really, really strong production. So he's someone I would throw out feelers for. He's not the flashiest player. He doesn't have the highest weekly ceiling. So I could see someone maybe, you know, giving him up for lower than they probably should. We're going to move it over to another wide receiver who has definitely like skyrocketed up my rankings through four weeks. And it's going to be Christian Kirk. And he went out, had his first down game of the season, only 8.3 fantasy points, two receptions for 60 yards. I think he added like three uh, rushing yards on the ground, but he was still targeted nine times. So the volume was there. It just didn't really translate to top fantasy production. Those are the players we want to be going after. And I feel like if you're going to go out and acquire Christian Kirk, you want to push the narrative that the Jaguars offense is bad. 
or capitalize on someone who does believe that the Jaguars offense is bad. We know the Jaguars have been brutal for a very, very long time. We started to see some life with this team through three weeks. And then, you know, they go out, they really struggle against the Eagles. I think some people are probably out there thinking that the first three weeks for the Jaguars were kind of fluky. Personally, I don't believe that. I think they're going to be probably like a league average offense. They don't need to be some top unit for Christian Kirk to ball out. You can also push the narrative that Trevor Lawrence is kind of back to, you know, his rookie year. He was really struggling against the Eagles, five total turnovers. So it was not pretty, but Christian Kirk is still the clear cut wide receiver one on this team. He's averaging nine targets per game. He's consistently getting involved every single week. His targets by game have been like 12, 9, 6, 9. Like they are just feeding him the ball every single week, still averaging 17.8 points per game. I feel like people were really high on Christian Kirk after the first three weeks, but I still think he's in that range where he's not this super established player. You know, he's not a guy who's consistently been a solid fantasy asset. So maybe people think this Jaguars offense is collapsing. They think Christian Kirk is going to regress to what he was, you know, with the Cardinals. I still think he's a mid to high end wide receiver two rest of season. And I think you could probably get him for mid to back end wide receiver two prices at this point. Also, I feel like these videos kind of counteract because I'll be doing a sell high video also. And that video is pretty running back heavy. So I feel like maybe if you're trying to sell high on one of your running backs, bringing a guy like Christian Kirk, it's something you guys could look into. So go check out that uh, sell high video also. But we're going to stay at the wide receiver position and talk about Devonta Smith. So he came out week three, just freaking broke fantasy, was dominant, had a massive, massive game. And at that point, like there was no way you're going to be trading for Devonta Smith. You would have had to buy him when his price was at a peak. Now the opportunity has opened for you to go out and buy low on Devonta Smith. We know he had a down game, but we just got to look at like the overall scope of that outing. It was a poor game. The conditions were bad. It was raining. We saw Hertz kind of struggle. We just talked about uh, Christian Kirk. Trevor was struggling out there. Those two teams were matched up. Plus, we saw the Eagles have the lead uh, basically the entire second half. So, you know, we've seen the Eagles leading games, but they're still, you know, going pretty pass heavy. When you're up in a game and the conditions are terrible, you're not going to be, you know, throwing the ball all over the place. You're going to be pounding it with Miles Sanders. So the Eagles only had 25 total pass attempts. This is the first time the Eagles were under 30 pass attempts in a game. So Devonta Smith only targeted four times, caught three of them for 17 receiving yards. You could actually make the argument that Devonta Smith has been inconsistent. People hate that for fantasy. You'll see people get upset with players like Mike Williams. We've seen it with Tyler Lockett when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. People do not like inconsistency. I think a lot of fantasy players would much rather have someone go 15, 15, 15, 15 in their lineup than a dude who's going to go 30, 8, 22, 6. And I understand the consistency argument, but in general, you just got to be putting the team out there that you think is going to score the most amount of points. Plus, if you have boomer bust players, they're going to balance each other out. So through two games, Devonta Smith has had two dud performances. You had this game where, what do you get? 4.7 PPR points. And then we had week one where he put up an absolute goose egg. So I think someone could think they're a little sneaky. They think they're still selling high on his big week three. They're trying to get out from under Devonta Smith because they don't think he has a floor. I personally view Devonta Smith as a high-end wide receiver three rest of season. I also think he's someone that could probably break into the top 24. I've just bought into this Eagles offense. To be completely honest, heading into the season, I wasn't super high on A.J. Brown. 
I was probably on par with Devonta Smith. I really like Jalen Hurts, but I wasn't, you know, locked in with him as a passer. This is a spot where I'm pivoting. I believe in this passing attack. I believe in Jalen Hurts. We know AJ Brown's going to be the number one, but I think Devonta Smith is a lot closer to a 1B than he is like a clear cut number two behind AJ Brown. You still see them manufacturing targets. They're on the goal line. Forgot if it was a goal line opportunity or a uh, two point. They're throwing up a jump ball to Devonta Smith, not AJ Brown. Obviously, I'm not trying to make the argument that Smith is better or going to be better moving forward, but it's like it's not like AJ Brown is the only top guy on this team. Devonta Smith is going to produce, so I want to buy low on someone who I believe is very talented. I think he's going to continue to have some big games, and I think he's going to be in one of the best offenses in the NFL, so I will be buying Devonta Smith. Now, we're going to pivot off of the wide receiver position and talk about some running backs, and the first running back here is going to be James Conner. Full transparency, I was very high on James Conner heading into the season, and that straight up has not panned out. I actually don't think he's on any of my redraft teams, just kind of the way it shook out, but I do have like very high ownership percentage of him on underdog. So, you know, I do have him in a lot of spots there. And honestly, after we saw like the first uh, possession of the Cardinals game, he wasn't someone that I thought I'd be going after because it was a little bit concerning. We saw, you know, Benjamin getting reps. We saw Daryl Williams out there getting opportunities. So I was kind of panicking at this point throughout the, you know, rest of the game. He got his, he was fine. And then I'm just thinking like, even though he's disappointed, I feel like right now his value has just got to be in the dirt. He was someone who was consistently drafted in the first three rounds. He's only averaging 10.1 PPR points. Like that is not what you were expecting out of James Conner. And so even though he's averaging double digit points, the way he's producing is just gross. The Cardinals don't look great. He hasn't been super efficient. It's just, there's been nothing flashy going on here with James Conner. But when we're looking at his performance today, he still logged 15 carries, three targets. That should be enough of a workload to kind of live up to his, what he was like a high-end running back to. That's enough of a workload to live up to that price. If we remove week two from you know his overall stats where he left early with an injury, he's averaging 12.7 carries per game and 4.7 targets. He's also on an offense where he's going to be receiving the goal line opportunities. So we do know he has some scoring upside. People kind of faded Connor or the people who did fade Connor, they thought, you know, he only produced through touchdowns last year. Well, he's getting 4.7 targets per game. So he is involved in the receiving game. I think as the season goes on, this Cardinals offense is going to be better. When DeAndre Hopkins comes back, they're going to be a better unit. There's going to be more scoring opportunities. So I'm not saying to go out and trade for James Connor at, you know, his price preseason because obviously he's not worth a third round pick anymore. If your league mate is going to part ways with James Conner for back end running back to price tag, I think that's something you just got to commit to. It's not going to feel great. He's been rough through the few weeks, but I do think he has a solid workload on an offense that I think will get better. And we saw it last year, you know, he had a strong fantasy performance, plus he has the receiving role now. So someone where maybe you're a little thin on running back, you don't want to give up a ton of assets. Someone that I do think has top 12 running back potential that you're going to be getting at a big, big discount. And then the fifth and final buy low, we're sticking around at the running back position and we have AJ Dillon. I'm getting the sense that people are fed up with AJ Dillon at this point. You know, everyone loved him after week one, came out strong with a 20.1 PPR performance. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's a steal. Him and Aaron Jones are neck and neck. Since then, 7.7 points, 5.8 points, 9.4 points. 
has not cracked double digit points since week one. And I can kind of tell because people will slide in, they'll ask their start sit questions. And I saw some ones like AJ Dillon or like a waiver wire level wide receiver. So some people are a little bit upset with AJ Dillon. They're not a fan of his recent production, but I think we just got to look at the workload here. In those last three weeks I talked about where he hasn't gone over 10 PPR points, he's averaging 15.7 carries per game and eight total targets. The eight total target number is a little disappointing, but 15.7 carries is very, very strong. When we're comparing him to Aaron Jones, they're consistently playing similar snaps. They're running close to the same number of routes, and A.J. Dillon has actually outcarried Aaron Jones through four games. So this is not a spot where I'm panicking on A.J. Dillon. I still think he's a very strong running back to play. I feel like he's probably still locked in as a top 20 guy. I feel like you're going to be able to get him as a fringe running back two, running back three, like in that top 24 range. I think I mentioned it earlier, but there are going to be some running backs on that sell high video that I would go straight up for with A.J. Dillon. Just spoiler alert, guys like Miles Sanders, guys like Rashad Penny, I would still be taking A.J. Dillon over both of those guys. To be totally honest, it's just the touchdowns that haven't been there. Like I talked about with a lot of these guys, that's the reason why you're going to be able to buy them low. Touchdowns can be random at times. You'll struggle. You won't get one for a few weeks. Then A.J. Dillon will go out in week five and score two. It's just the way they kind of shake out. Overall, the running back position has been down. I think A.J. Dillon is a solid buy, especially just like I talked about with James Conner. Maybe you're not stacked at the running back position. You just want a guy that you can buy low on and plug in on a week-to-week basis. I still think A.J. Dillon is that type of player. So those are my five buy low options. We started off with the wide receivers, Pittman, Kirk, Devonta Smith, and then a pair of running backs, James Conner and A.J. Dillon. If you guys did enjoy this video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, go check out my waiver wire video, go check out my sell highs. Those should be up on my channel or the uh, waiver wire should definitely be up. Sell high maybe coming out in a few hours. But as always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.